If you suffer from depression or you know someone that suffers from depression, this is the podcast you need to listen to. Last night, I got a message on Facebook from a friend that I met on a carnival cruise. I was performing. She travels with her son. They've been on many cruises and I've met them many times and seen them many times on the cruise ships. And the the young boy is about maybe, you know, he at the time he was maybe eight, nine, ten, the years that I saw him. And now he's about 13, 14, around 15 or whatever. And the mom emailed me or texted me on Facebook last night and said, hey, I need your help. Let's see. My son is threatening suicide. So immediately I just started asking questions. I said, could it have been from like a girl Um, Is he being bullied? Um, Does he take medication? And it turns out he does take one medication, but not full time. And so the, the advice that I gave her is the same advice that I will give you is that, you know, if you have a child that is is even mentions the word suicide, you need to sit down and talk to that child. You need to listen to that child. And that's the main thing that we need to understand as parents and as friends And just even as a person talking to someone who's threatening or mentioning ending their life, we need to sit with them and we need to listen to them. It's not so much talking to them that's going to help. It's a matter of listening to them. The main thing we need to do is to try and find out before we can get them medical help. We need to try and find out how serious this really is, because If we think it's very serious, we have to get them to the emergency room. You see, um, a mental disorder or or a mental issue, a mental breakdown, it's a a, a medical situation. No different than high blood pressure or something like that. I have high blood pressure, so I see a cardiologist. And people that have mental issues, they have to see their doctor, which is a psychiatrist or psychologist. It's medical. The one thing that we have to portray, we need to make sure that people who are having bad thoughts, we need to make sure that we let them know that because they're having those thoughts, it doesn't make them less than, it doesn't make them weak, it doesn't make them at the end of the line, it doesn't make them less than everybody else. No more than my high blood pressure makes me any of those. And so we just need to get them to the right physicians so that they can explore through words and maybe some tests like x-rays and MRIs of the brain. We all know about CTE, you know, from football players hitting their head. I mean, you don't have to be a football player to hit your head and have head injuries. If you've had head injuries in the past, I mean, look, our brains are made of trillions with a T, trillions of neuron connectors that are basically wires that connect our brain. That's why there's billions of us on planet Earth and we're all different. We're all human. We're all male or female and we're all human. However, when people say, oh, yeah, he's wired different. That's what they're talking about. Our brains are wired different. That's why you like what you like and I like what I like. That's why identical twins could be having different likes and dislikes. I mean, they're wired different, even though they're twins and everything else looks the same. But their brains cannot be the same. No one's brains can be the same. So we're wired different. And so from a head injury, from taking medication, you know, there's medications out there that rewire our brains. 
And God created us with the brain to be wired a certain way so that we're, um, we are the person that he created us to be. That's why when you know somebody that, you know, has done drugs their whole life, you remember them a certain way when they first started. And then all of a sudden you go like, man, he just changed. Yeah, it was the drugs that changed. It was his brain that got rewired. That was the change that happened to him. And so, you know, I, I will always ask you to share my podcast. I, I do put in some thought and some time to them. And it's never about me. I always try and help. I always try to pass on information. But here's the thing. Here's what I learned. 140,000 people die from suicide every year in America. Let me say that again. 140,000 people in their life with suicide in America. The largest group is preteen, 10 to 15 years old. And, and that's a shame because uh, I'll tell you this. Um, after I got the message from, from my friend last night, I spoke to her again on Facebook today. I get a phone call from another friend of mine, a guy that we graduated high school together. We played high school football together. The guy stood in my wedding. And he calls me up and he tells me, he said, hey, did you hear about our friend so-and-so? And I said, yeah, his, his son died like three weeks ago, right? He goes, yeah, but that's not what I'm talking about. I go, whoa, what? His daughter committed suicide. My friend, my age that I played football with, has a son that took too much of one uh, medicine or whatever and overdosed on, on medicine or however you want to say it, drugs or whatever, he died about three weeks ago. And then today, his daughter committed suicide. So for parents that have children that are threatening suicide, I'll ask you, like I asked my buddy on the phone, I said, how much do you think and what do you think our friend, our mutual friend, that just lost his daughter to suicide, what would he give to go back to the night before she ended her life? What would he give for that? How much money would he pay to be able to step in and stop it? What words would he say to step in and stop it that he didn't necessarily get a chance to do? They also say that with gunshot wounds, you know, they're the ones that actually work almost 100% of the time. They said that 80, 86, 87% of the time that, that works. And they also said that guys, um, guys uh, commit suicide at a higher rate than women, but women attempt suicide more than guys. And they said that guys tend to use guns and asphyxiation like hanging themselves, and girls tend to use poisoning. It's sad to say, man, it's rough to hear, but that's what's happening in America. And so I will say this. If you have a child that mentions the word suicide or mentions the word he's going to end it or she's had enough and she's out, you need to do whatever you can do to talk to that person and listen to that person. And when I say whatever it takes, <clears throat> That's what you need to do, whatever it takes. If you need to take off of work and keep your student home from school, you sit down and you listen and make them comfortable. Again, let them know that they're not less than their friends. 
They're they're not weaker than their friends. They're not softer than their friends. They're not less cool than their friends. They have a medical condition. And so we want to find out as much as we can so that when we go to the doctor, we can tell them what we've learned. But you need to make sure that they know, number one, that you love them and that they're not different. And no matter what sent them into that depression, you love them. No matter what it is, they may be harboring a secret and they're afraid to come out and tell you the secret. You let them know that no matter what that secret is, you love them so much, it will not change the way you love them one iota. That's the first thing you need to do. But if they start marking themselves, if somebody's cut themselves, as sad as it sounds and as brutal as it sounds, only one of two things have happened. That child was reaching out for attention or they were really trying to end their life. And either one of those, both of those, need our undivided attention. And some may say, I just can't take off of work, sit home, talk to my kid all day about their problems. Well, how many days are you going to take off to attend their funeral? How many days are you going to miss of work after they're dead? Answer that question. Take as many days as you need to listen to your children. And again, you have to get them to a doctor. There's doctors out there who specialize in this type of situation. And I'm a Christian. People that know me personally know that I'm a Christian. Here's what you don't tell to somebody who's suffering from a mental situation. You don't tell them, hey, buddy, the answer is Jesus Christ. Because I'm going to tell you, that's not what they're looking to hear. I promise you, that's not the time to tell them that Jesus is the answer. That's no different than me showing up at the hospital with the blood pressure of 240 over 170. And my heart's just getting ready to blow out of my chest. And my doctor tells me, you know what, Mootsie? You need Jesus. No, I don't. I need you to give me some medicine, make my heart stop beating so fast and cure my blood pressure right now before I die. That's what I need. And that's what the people who have mental issues need. Issues. They need medicine, most likely. And remember, our brains are wired with trillions of wires, and there's no x-ray that could show those wires. X-rays and MRIs can show damaged part of our brains, but they can't show the individual connections. So that's why if you go to a psychiatrist or psychologist or even your family doctor and they prescribe a um, antidepressant, let's say, they will tell you, look, I'm going to give you this one and let's see if it works because they can't see how the wires are wired and they don't have medicine that goes, look, this medicine helps your brain if it's wired this way. And this one helps it if it's wired that way. They don't know. So they'll give you some medicine to take and if that doesn't work, we'll give you another one. And that's what they're hoping for, to find something that will help you. But the most important thing, I believe, that people who have got to the end of their rope that they actually need is to know that they're loved, to know that somebody cares for them, to know that no matter what they're going through, Millions of people have gone through it. Nobody today is going through something that hundreds of thousands, if not millions of other people haven't gone through in the past. And it's an old saying, and I've said it before, but I'll say it again. The truth is, 
as of right now, as of you hearing this message today, you've literally made it through 100% of the worst days of your life and you'll make it through the next. Think about it. Think about the worst days of your life, whatever it may be. It was brutal. It was rough. You thought you would never make it. And here you are listening to this. You made it. Now, again, that's not something that you want to tell somebody necessarily because it sounds good when I say it. It is true when I say it. But when you're the one that's in dire need of attention or help and you're reaching out and you're crying out, you don't want to hear, hey, buddy, you're going to make it. You made it through all the other ones. You're going to make it again. That's not what they want to hear, even though that's true. What they're reaching out for is most likely some type of attention because they have something that's bothering them. And the key is to help them tell you what that is so that you're armed when you go to the doctor. That would be no different than me having high blood pressure, having back pain, my knee hurts, and I go to the doctor and go, I don't know, man. Uh, I don't know what's hurting me, buddy. Just check me out. Like, well, what hurts? I don't know. A lot of things. Well, you got to tell me. I don't know. Figure it out. The more we could go in and go, look, my knee hurts when I bend it like this. If I, if I put pressure on it this way, it hurts. If I, you know, if, if I do this and that, so they can narrow it down. So the more things you can tell your doctor the easier it's going to be to diagnose. And I'm not saying it's going to be easy. And I'm not saying that going, you know, a trip to the doctor for one time is going to solve that problem. But I could tell you what does help no matter what. That is to let the person that you're dealing with know that you love them. You know, they say that love cures everything. And honestly, it, it love cannot necessarily cure depression by itself but it can't hurt it and it will help it. it may not cure it but a lot of times people just feel lonely they feel left out and a lot of times they don't show it but i'm talking about when somebody says to you dude i am out of here man i, I can't take it anymore i've had enough at that point you have to sit down with that person and say man are you really serious because if you're serious i'm bringing you to get help buddy and a lot of times we don't like the social stigma of telling other people, yeah, had to bring my son to the psychiatrist and they're going to they're going to check him out for three days at the mental hospital. Well, guess what? You shouldn't be embarrassed for that. That's no more embarrassing than going, hey, my son's got high blood pressure. They're keeping him in the hospital for three days. He couldn't help the high blood pressure. Your son or your daughter can't help the depression that they're in. If we could help the depression win, we'd stop it. If we knew how to avoid it, we would avoid it. We can't. So we need to make it as normal as we can for people. You're not abnormal because you have bad thoughts or sad thoughts or you're in depression. Or even if you have suicidal thoughts, that doesn't mean you're not normal. That just means that a part of your body, parentheses, the brain, isn't working correctly. Something's not firing off like it's supposed to fire off. But we can go to doctors that specialize in such things and they can help us figure it out. And hopefully over time, we grow out of it. I have another friend that uh, 
same, this guy was one year older than us. The two guys that I told you that I played football with, we graduated together. I have another friend that was one year older than us. He played outside linebacker. The guy was about six foot three, about 225 pounds. I'm talking about a really good looking dude. I mean, this guy was a complete package in high school, man. All the girls loved him. And I'm going to tell you something, man. He was all district football player. He probably would have had a great career in college and who knows beyond that. Right after senior high, boom, ended his life over a girl. And that leads me to this. Guys and girls that are listening to this, I promise you, there's not a person on planet Earth that is worth ending your life over. Because number one, it's not the end. I mean, even if you have a girlfriend for five, six, seven, ten years and she breaks up with you, and even if she marries someone else, who's to say five years after that marriage, they get a divorce and you don't wind up with her again? So that's not over. That's not final. And just like they say, there's plenty of fish in the ocean. And guess what? People always say this too. Boy, look, when you break up with somebody, you're liable to find somebody better. When God closes one door, he opens up a better door. We don't know for sure that's going to happen. But you know what? Even Garth Brooks had a song thanking God for the prayers that he didn't answer. Think about it. How many times have you prayed for something and you didn't get it? And then you find something better and you actually thank God you didn't get it. Because now you got something better. Now, again, I'm not a prosperity preacher. I'm not telling you that if something breaks your heart today, you're going to find something better tomorrow. I'm not saying that. But what I am telling you is it's not the end. I graduated from high school in 1978. I'm 59 years old. My high school buddy that played linebacker that I'm telling you about, he didn't make it to 20. He missed everything I experienced from 20 to 59. 39 years of my life, I got to see so many things. I got to experience so many things. He got to see none of those. It's never the end, is what I'm trying to tell you. People with somewhat healthy minds and people that don't seem to have problems mentally, that sounds good. It sounds normal. It sounds reasonable. That may or may not resonate when you tell somebody going through mental problems that, you know, hey, you know, it's going to get better. Um, you made it through the other times and you'll make it through this. And think about if you end it now, you know, you're not going to get to experience all this stuff. And I mean, the truth is, if you do end your life, you're not. And I'll tell you this, if you're one of the ones that's listening to this today or tonight, I want you to know something. If you do decide to end your life, you might as well take your mom with you. You might as well take your dad with you. You might as well take your sister with you. You might as well take your brother with you and go ahead and line up everybody else who loves you. Because guess what? You will ruin their lives as well. Their lives will be forever changed. And that's the truth. And I will tell you what psychiatrists and what psychologists tell you. When you end your life, it doesn't solve your problem. It doesn't. You're just gone. And I could go into a whole different discussion about, do I think that if someone ends their life, do they get to go to heaven or do they not go to heaven? And I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know. I've heard preachers say you do. I've heard people say you don't. 
But I know that there's one way can avoid it if we just don't do it. And again, remember, people, I'm telling you as Christians, please don't tell them that they just need Jesus. Of course they need Jesus, but that's not the time to tell them. It's not. Try and make it as normal for them as you can. Speak to them as calm as you can and just say, okay, no problem. Let's, let, let me listen. You tell me what's going on. What's making you think like this? And the best question you can ask them after every sentence they tell you is only one word. Why? When they tell you um, something's bothering me, why? What is it? And, and let them talk. But make sure you listen before you speak back. Don't just wait for them. Don't listen so that you're listening for the end of their sentence so you could tell them the next thing that you already planned on telling them. Listen to what they say. Think of it as a hostage negotiation. Because honestly, it really is. Except the person that's going to end a life is going to be the person that you love and the person that you care about. It's not a total stranger. So I would also suggest to um, Google and YouTube videos um, on how to deal with people who threaten suicide, which is the best methods to take, the best doctors to see, the best words to say, what not to say, and then take it from there. Uh, again, I don't, I don't know the answer honestly i don't know there's no there, there's no set answer there's no you know right or wrongs you know we know that they need jesus we know that jesus when 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 we accept christ we he sends the holy spirit to live in us we know that but that's not going to be the answer for them that they want to hear bef- when the gun is under the pillow and you don't know it or when the razor blades in the bathroom waiting for them so Talk to them, listen to them mostly, and make sure you take them serious. Because here's one thing I know. Not everybody that threatens suicide actually commits suicide. But most everybody that commits suicide has told others that they were going to do it before they did it. So don't take it lightly. Now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to, when you finish listening to this, I want you to copy it. I want you to share it on Facebook or whatever social media you got. And this is not for my glory. This is not for my benefit. My purpose for making this podcast, and remember, I'm a comedian. I made no jokes. This is no joking matter. I want want this podcast to go to as many people as we can possibly share it with. Because we never know the ears that will hear that need to hear the words I said. I'm no genius. I'm no different than anyone else. I'm no smarter than anyone else. I will say that I care as much as everybody else. And that's the key. And so because I care, I made this podcast so that we can all share it with everybody we know. The main things are this. Let the person know that they're okay, that they're safe now, that you're going to be with them by their side for as long as it takes, and you will help them get through it no matter how long it takes. 
Let them know that they're normal. They're not abnormal. They're not weak. They're not lesser. They're not last in line. And let them know that having a problem in the brain is no different than having a problem in the heart, the kidney, the liver, the spleen, the knee, the elbow, or the eyeball. It's, it's a medical condition. And let them know that there is help to be had. There's hope on the horizon. And that many, many, many people have had the same thoughts as they've had. And those people now don't have those thoughts because they went with their loved ones and they got the medical attention that they needed. And so together, we will go get that medical attention and we'll take as long as it takes and we'll spend as much of our money as we have to and we'll make sure that we get you right so that we get through this together and we'll look back at it and we'll just smile and we'll continue on and you'll be the happy, healthy young man Young woman that we all know that you already are, that you just have a medical condition and we'll get the medical condition taken care of and we'll go on with our life. But there's many, many people in your corner. We're all cheering for you. We're all praying for you. We got your back. We'll hold your hand. We'll walk together and we'll get it done. But most importantly, let them know that you love them. And let them know that God loves them.